Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The Big Drip and a Big Rip. That was the secret sauce on a Tuesday night in Philly as the Mets broke their modest two-game losing streak, and they're now 4-2 and two this year. All, of course, out on the lonely road. Tyler McGill, a.k.a. Big Drip, another bunch of bagels up on the scoreboard, and Brandon Nimmo with the big home run. Mets on pace to go 108-54, and which you Mets historians may know is what they went when they won it all in 86. I grant you it's a little early to project like that, but hey, come on. Live a little. This is Mets in the Morning. Mets in the Morning. Mets in the Morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the Morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Mets two, Phillies nothing. A Phillies lineup stacked with Schwarber, Harper, Castellanos, Hoskins, Real Muto. Now, as Spalding was told by Judge Smales, you'll get nothing and like it. Josh Lewin with you. We're going to roll through everything reasonably quickly because it's a day game today before finally the team heads on home. But first things first, before the Tuesday game, couple roster moves. Taiwan Walker placed on the 10-day IL right shoulder bursitis. Kind of thought that was coming. David Peterson will likely slot into the rotation for what could be three or four or even five or six starts because they're going to want to get him down on a rehab assignment when he's ready. Edwin Diaz back from his grandfather's funeral activated from the bereavement list. Yenzi Diaz, who was designated for assignment a week ago, has cleared waivers. He has been outrighted to AAA. So, the story early on in-game was a guy we thought might start the year at AAA. Instead, the six foot seven inch powerhouse Tyler McGill uh, is rolling here. And you, you look back, he ended last year with six shutout innings in Atlanta. Then he had a six and a third shutout innings in spring training. Five more scoreless innings opening day in Washington. How many more scoreless innings could he toss onto the pile last night? The answer five and a third. So, without DeGrom, this team's starters have held opponents to a 130 batting average through six games now, a team ERA of 1.2. A lot of talk about Tyler McGill's fastball, rightfully so. He hit 99 again in the first inning, but it's the changeup that's really made such a difference for him. He froze Bryce Harper with it to highlight a scoreless first inning. Harper at that point in this series 0 for 4 for punch outs. 
And with former Met Zach Wheeler opposing McGill, it was quite the pitcher's duel early on. Wheeler had to navigate through a 27-pitch first inning, an inning that included two more plunked Mets batters at seven HBPs in the first 46 innings of the year, which is ridiculous. No other team in the majors has been hit even four times so far, but there are the Mets with seven. Anyway, over Wheeler's last three starts against his old team, he was 3-0 with a 0.43 ERA. One earned run in 21 innings, 25 strikeouts to four walks. This game stayed scoreless until Brandon Nimmo had the breakthrough. Top of the fifth, just before Wheeler was going to punch out for the night. 2-1 to Nimmo. Swing and a drive. Well hit to right. Back goes Castellanos. It's going to go. Home run, Brandon Nimmo. His first home run of the year. The Mets are leading by a score of one to nothing. Nimmo, when he's healthy, is a stud. His career 392 on base percentage ranks second in the history of the team, behind only John Olerud. And he's off to a nice start this year, 7 for 20 after that home run at that point. From there, McGill was the man. His final line, 5 and a third, 3 hits, no walks, 5 strikeouts. Francisco Lindor providing the other RBI later on, by the way, single to home Starling Marte, who stole his first base as a Met. But after McGill was done, Chasen Shreve pitched an inning. Drew Smith pitched really well out of the pen yet again. In fact, he got five outs. Not a bad return for Tampa Bay getting Lucas Duda back for eight weeks a few years ago. And Edwin Diaz had the ninth. He did allow a couple infield hits, but he struck out Schwarber, Harper, and Hoskins all on sliders, eight swings and misses on that sinister slider. He gets the save. McGill gets win number two already. By the way, Alec Bohm pinch hit in this game. He had made some waves the night before. In the middle of making those three errors, the lip readers caught him saying, I hate this effing place. Uh, And you know what? He was accountable for what he said after the game. He said it was a heat of the moment thing. He didn't really mean it, but yes, he said it. Accountability, people, that's all anybody wants. Just own it. He did. And when he pinch hit, he got a standing ovation from the Philadelphia fans. So there is the lesson of the night for you. After the game was over, here's some sound for you, starting with the skipper. I think he answered it, huh? Yeah. That's pretty good. He, uh, I think he's been at high around 130 innings. You know, we're trying to kind of keep his innings in check. You know, he got to the sixth inning tonight. That's a... That's huge. Uh, it's big. You know, at least he pitched five last time, six this time. So, you know, we got to be careful with uh, the inning increment jump and everything. So we're trying to stay there. He was good. He was good. Especially, uh, you know, second second time around the order. Carried his stuff. It was good. Y'all, y'all saw it. I don't know what else to say. It was good again. Changing looks like he's becoming a big pitcher, huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, Max feels like he's got a lot of things to work with back there, the catchers, both of them. So that's good to see. He uh, he's, he's in a good place right now. Seems like you've... Don't overthink it with him. Just slide him in there and pitch again. He's really serving in a time of need, too, with a couple of our pitchers down. Seems like you've developed an early trust in Drew Smith. What, what have you seen out of him so far? You know, it's funny, my son scouted him in uh, college at Dallas Baptist. He was always beating me up about him, so it goes way back. I've been, uh, he's been hurt, you know, he's been hurt a lot. It's the first time he's really been in a healthy spot, and uh, I thought the changeup he featured tonight really brought the outing back together for him. But uh, he's got a lot of want to, and uh, very athletic young man. 
starting to get his emotions under under him now and uh, get another piece force out of the bullpen where we can spread the load around. He's got he's got some weapons to get left-handed hitters out too. Yeah, I was going to ask how much confidence do you have in him against lefties given his splits? Career? I want to stay away from Joe. Concerning what? His career splits against lefties. You want to go back down to eight ball and Dallas Baptist? They were really good. So those those things change. You know, when you, especially when you start grasping the changeup. So uh, you know. You know, it allows us to, you know, now with Otto tomorrow and, and uh, some other guys, but that's a, that's a good win for us or in the early part of the season after last night. A lot of guys would have pulled the dirt in and said, woe is me. And we, that was, that was, of course, it starts with the pitching. What did Diaz show you, being away, dealing with, with the death of his grandfather, not having pitched in a few days? and then? Yeah, he was going to pitch tonight anyway. We were going to pitch him at the top of the order in the eighth. And... Uh, but because uh, I want to make sure he got in the game, but you know Edwin's, you know, doing that job for a living. That's why they're so valuable when you're facing that part of the order, and to be able to come out of it unscathed. He's more than just if I, as I've watched him. He's really evolved a lot with the slider and the pitch. You just can't sit out there and and go try to catch up to his fastball. He's got a lot of weapons. He's got a couple of weapons now. Can't cheat too much on. In a game where offense was tough on both teams, you guys came through a key time tonight. And, yeah. And talk about the way the offense was able to kind of score the hat to. I, I thought Francisco's base hit was a real uh, uh, big hit for us. Give you a margin of error there. So it changed a lot of situations that could happen. And, of course, uh, Starling still in second base and with, a, with a really good throwing catcher and a guy that wasn't really particularly slow to play. That's, that's the tough stolen base. You know, but you know, this is why I love. You, know, you see, real Muto beat the throw to second. You know that that's a baseball player play. That ball's hit hard, and to be able to beat that throw to second, that's I love things like that. I don't know why I brought it up, but I did. <laughs> is, uh, is McGill letting McCann uh, call the game, or is he shaking off to some of those changes? Uh, you know, pushing buttons there till it went out on us. <laughs> What was that? That was really a, a ploy to get some more time there, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know I, I don't think Shreve's outing should go unnoticed either. You know, he, he's been pretty solid for us at a, at a very early point in the season. But uh, he got some big outs there, too. Made me feel a lot better. But, I, you know, we, we just had we had to get uh, Tyler out of there at where he was. Not necessarily. Just that that's six up. And uh, keeping in mind where his innings might get to. We want everybody around for as long as we can play. All right, there's Buck Showalter. Let's also hear from the home run hitter. Brad Heller of WCBS Radio talked to center fielder Brandon Nimmo down on the field. Brandon Nimmo, Zach Wheeler's been very good since he's gone to the other side against you guys, but you've had some success. What were you looking for in that fifth inning on that home run? Uh, just looking for a good pitch to hit, honestly, um, and have had enough at-bats against him now where I was able to, you know, react right and, uh, you know, see a changeup up and just, you know, throw the barrel at it and uh, it found its way out of the ballpark. So, um, you know, very fortunate there. Glad that it gave us a little breathing room so that we could, uh, our stellar pitching could really, you know, shine and, and, and get us the rest of the way. That stellar pitching, I mean, what can you say? Not just Tyler to start the game, but then finishing it off with Edwin. Good to have him back against oh, yeah. the heart of the Phillies order there. Yeah, we're so happy to have Edwin back. And, uh, you know, he pitched obviously so well in that clutch situation. But, um, you know, Tyler, oh my goodness. I mean, what big shoes to fill, you know, with coming up with, uh, you know, in Jake's place when he got hurt. And he's done an amazing job. I mean, it's it's been... Uh, 
it's been really incredible to watch him grow and just watch him on the bench. He's been so cool, and um, and I, I've just really appreciated the way that he's been going about his business. And it's been a huge relief for us, um, taking some pressure off the offense. And and then also Drew Smith coming in. I, I'm so happy for him. He's put a lot of hard work in, and uh, you know he really threw the ball well, and he threw the ball well last time as well. And so really, really happy for him. And let me ask you, will there be any kind of eye contact to smile with Zach at some point in this series or, or maybe down the road after getting for that home run? No, in? no, I, I'm not I'm not a bragging type, and I, I know this game will humble you real quick. Um, so, you know, Zach's gotten me plenty of times. I have no room to brag on him. Um, I was just happy that I was able to help us out a little bit tonight and, uh, you know, help us get this win. All right, Brendan, congratulations on the win. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, so 4% of the season is in the books, and it's never a good idea to project the remaining 96% of the season off of what's happened so far, unless you really believe that Cleveland Stephen Kwan is going to end the year with an OBP of 800. How about that guy? How about the former Oregon State Beaver outfielder that's getting all the love right now is that guy, while Michael Conforto is home on his couch. But for what it's worth, with 4% of the precincts reporting, here is what we're looking at. The Mets have Mark Canna on pace for more than 300 hits. Got a 471 batting average. He's walked four times. Jeff McNeil, you are back, it would appear. 368 batting average right now, including a home run. Nimmo, we mentioned, uh, well, he's now 7 for 21. That's a fine start. He's got a couple of walks. 250 batting average for Lindor. That's certainly better than the 150 to start out last year. Got a home run. Got a stolen base. He's already got four walks. Eduardo Escobar, already five walks this year. He's only hitting 235, but all three of his hits have been doubles, which is nice. Pete Alonso, not really cranking it quite yet. Five for 25. He's got a double. He's got the grand slam, quite famously. He's also struck out seven times against no walks. He is a 200 hitter. Starling Marte will do much better than hitting a buck 90, although he already has four runs batted in. He has not walked yet, and he is capable of, uh, of getting that done. So anyway, we are now two days away from the home opener. And ahead of that game, the Empire State Building will be lit up all blue and orange. It'll start at 7.30 p.m. tomorrow. And the usual stuff we got to tell you here. You're encouraged to take mass transit if you're going to the home opener. It's the fastest and greenest way to City Field. Tickets, if not for the home opener, if you want to come to, to other games, 718-507-TIXX or go to Mets.com slash tickets. In addition to the Tom Seaver statue dedication Friday, Tom's grandsons, Thomas and Tobin, will throw out ceremonial first pitches, which is kind of cool. A lot of cool stuff at City Field on podcasts prior to this one. We've kind of hinted at a lot of it. A lot of people looking forward to the old-timers game in August. Cespedes is coming back. Colon is coming back. Not to mention Andy Chavez and Cliff Floyd and Keith Hernandez and Johan Santana and Daniel Murphy and Mookie Wilson, blah, blah, blah. Uh, make sure you stop by, check out the Hall of Fame and Museum because they've added a bunch of stuff now. Gil Hodges' jersey from the inaugural season. There's a Casey Stengel Road jersey. Mookie's cleats from Game 6 of 86. Uh, the pitching rubber from uh, the Santana no-hitter. Daniel Murphy's jersey from his fifth straight postseason game with a homer. Uh, Pete Alonzo's hand guard, elbow guard from the, uh, the night that he hit the record-setting 53rd home run in 2019. So you got all that. And don't forget, if you want to participate in this, the Mets are starting to utilize that new form of entry in the stadium called Wicket. It's a digital ticket that that scans your face. Kind of like, uh, what's the thing at the airport that I just signed up for? Clear. 
Yeah, they just read your eyeballs and you're in. But uh, among the giveaways this year, there's a Lindor bobblehead gnome, a polar bear Pete Alonzo bobblehead, the Gary Cohen, Keith Hernandez, Ron Darling bobbleheads. Giving away three different games, but when you have all three, they snap together, make a three-piece set, just like a Keith Hernandez three-piece suit. Food, I know you're going to be asking about it, the Polar Burger 2.0. You can check that out, uh, field level behind Section 102. Pat LaFrieda with a dry-aged burger blend, American cheese, cherry pepper bacon jam, a secret sauce on a sesame brioche. Served with Arctic onions, there's beer-battered onions, there's claw sauce, whatever that is. Uh, at Patsy's Pizzeria, there's going to be good stuff. Fuku's got the, the spicy fried chicken sando. You got the pizza cupcake. If you haven't had one of those, check that out. Chicken tinga tacos at Taste of the City. And the new scoreboards. You should be excited about that. There's 12,000 square feet of Samsung Direct View LED displays through the stadium now. 300 or so Samsung LCD screens around the ballpark, uh, all kinds of slow motion technology. So it's all coming. It's coming on Friday. But the game today, day game today, Scherzer versus Nola. We're going to preview after this. So Mad Max didn't induce a single swing and miss on his fastball on his first start as a Met. Through 31 four-seamers, 15 swings, not a single miss. Now, it's very early. His overall swing and miss rate on his four-seamer last year was about 31%. Uh, so this is probably nothing that he's 0 for 15 on that to start this year. But his fastball velocity right now, through one start, 93.7. Last year, 94.3. Year before that, 94.8. Year before that, when they won a World Series in Washington, it was 95. So little by little... He's relied less on his fastball because it's not as fast, and that usually happens when you hit your late 30s. Scherzer is now 37. You go back to 2016 when he was still throwing 95. He threw that fastball 55% of the time. Now it's 45% of the time. So that's 9 or 10 fewer fastballs per game. He's adjusted fine since his secondary stuff is so good. We'll monitor his fastball effectiveness moving forward. My guess is he does just fine without it. All I know is career on the road against the Phillies, and that's a tough ballpark in which to pitch. 12 starts, he's got one loss. 8-1 and one with a few no decisions, a 2.2 ERA. Aaron Nola, usually quality competition for Cy Young Awards with Scherzer and DeGrom. So a career against the Mets, 9-3 and three with a 3.1 ERA. He did not fare well. In his first start this year, he allowed four runs to Oakland in six innings, although he did strike out seven against no walks. Day game today, and the Mets will head home after it, either 5-2 and two or 4-3 and three when it's done. But either way, that's a winning record to open things up one week along. Once again, the Tuesday final, the Mets 2, Phillies nothing, although the Mets got out hit 5-3. to three. That's pretty much our podcast. Many thanks to our Mets in the morning, a house band comprised tonight of all guys with lots of G's in their names to honor the legendary Gilbert Gottfried, gone way too soon at the age of 67. Gilbert joined us in the Mets radio booth memorably a few years back. There was no seven-second delay, and it was glorious. On keyboards, that was Gary Gentry slapping the bass, Gonzalez Herman. The horn section, Goose Gazzo. And on drums, got to go way back if you want to remember Greg Goosen. This is Josh Lewin. Goose eggs for the Mets last night with a 2 to nothing win. Peace out. Talk soon.